Glad to be worshiping with you today. God is good and faithful, and uh, welcome to everyone who's in the room. I know there are several that are watching online uh, from a variety of places and a variety of situations, and we just want you to know that we are connecting with you, and so thank you for joining us. Uh, I also want to just give a shout out to Jean Tolliver. I heard uh, she's one of our widows, and uh, we had a funeral here this week for uh, Jane Weir. You might recognize that name if you're around here. She was 93 years old, and her son was telling me uh, that his first experience coming to Berlin Christian Church when he was a young boy a few decades ago was coming to Sunday school, and he said, Jean Tolliver was my Sunday school teacher. And so I just wanted to give that shout out to Jean all those decades ago when she was teaching Sunday school to a young boy. Uh, He still remembers that to this day. So those of you who are working with our children and just knowing what am I doing some days when they are at your wit's end, uh, you're making a difference for Jesus that could last for decades. So uh, Jean, thank you for faithfully serving Jesus and for everyone who is serving our young people, whether you're here in this uh, ministry or in the school systems, uh, you never know how God may change a life just by you showing the love of Jesus. And there's a good chance they're not going to remember all the lessons that you teach them, but they will remember your love for them and for Jesus. So I just wanted to uh, give that uh, shout out to Jean, and there are several others that are joining us online, so thank you uh, for that. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to Psalm uh, 119, Psalm 119, and we're going to be in verse 129 to 136, verses 129 to 136, and if you want to turn in the Pew Bible, it's on page 499, page 499, and I came today to uh, tell you that I think we need to cry more, and you're like, preacher, we really don't want to hear that. Uh, But I think as we look at this text that we need to cry some more. And I know you're saying, you do enough crying for all of us. uh, Because most Sundays I do uh, cry. But when I read this text today, I think it means that we need to cry more. And here's where the verse comes from. It's the last one in our section here, verse 136. Streams of tears Flow from my eyes, for your law is not obeyed. Streams, from my, streams of tears flow from my eyes, for your law is not obeyed, or the word could be is not kept. So that's a form of the word keep. So that's your first one, kids, wherever keep. And so we're going to talk about that. So I want us to think about how we really need to cry more. And I know that's really not why you came to church today, but as we're looking through this, this final session of Psalm 119 this month, we're in this disciple's journey. How can we be better followers of Jesus this year? And this key component here in January, we're looking at disciples need to have a journey in the Word. If you want to be a better follower of Jesus, you need to spend more time in this book. And Psalm 119, all 176 verses have helped us to focus on why this book is important. And this book says that when people don't keep it, we should cry. And we cry for a variety of reasons, don't we? I mean, babies cry just because that's their primary form of communication. And there's about three things that they're telling you when they're crying, right? I'm hungry, I'm dirty. 
or I want someone to hold me. That's what a baby is telling you when they're crying. And we cry for a variety of reasons. Sometimes when you hit your uh, hand uh, with, with that hammer, uh, you might say some things maybe you should ask for forgiveness for, and then you might cry. Or if someone punches you in the nose, you might cry because that's just a natural reaction. Physical pain makes us cry. There's some things that physically you aren't hurting But your heart is. And so there's emotional pain that will cause us to cry and that will cause us to weep and it will manifest it in its physical bodies, our physical bodies as well. Sometimes we cry when we don't get our way. And that's not just true for little kids, it's true for adults, don't we? And so I want us to cry better. And as we look at Psalm 119, these few verses, I think there's four different ways that we can find helpful ways to cry. And I wish I had some tear-jerking stories. I don't think I have any today, so we'll find out. I'm not making any promises I will make it through this sermon, but I want us to walk through this Psalm 119, 129 and identify four ways of, of crying. Here's our text. And when, remember, when we pray, when we get into the text, we just want to say a simple prayer. Lord, open my eyes to the wonderful things of your word. Do you remember we talked about that earlier in this month? So open our eyes, Father, to the wonderful things in your word. And then guess what the first verse is in 129. Your statutes are wonderful, therefore I obey them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant longing for your commands. Turn to me and have mercy on me as you always do to those who love your name. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Redeem me from human oppression that I may obey your precepts. That word for obey there could also be translated keep. There's your fist. Good job, Matthew. You're listening, buddy. Proud of you. Verse 135, make your face shine on your servant and teach me your decrees. Streams of tears flow from my eyes, for your law is not obeyed. I want to work through this psalm backwards today. So I want to start at the bottom and work our way back up. So we're going to start with verses 134 to 136, where I think it says that we cry when people don't keep God's instructions. We cry when people don't keep God's instruction. The word law in our text could also just be translated as instructions. It's instruction for God. Sometimes we kind of have this, uh, you know, we kind of push back against law. Well, God's instruction. So we cry. It says, streams of tears flow from my eyes for your law is not obeyed. Verse 134, redeem me from human oppression. I was in a family's house yesterday and I asked, what do you want to pray about? And they've got a five-year-old. He's in kindergarten. And he said, let's pray for people to be nice like they're supposed to be. There's some stuff going on at the playground or wherever it is. And so we prayed for bullies. And so, do we cry when we hear stories about the bullies? Or do we just kind of go on, or you just turn your head? Because those kids that are being bullies, there's something hurting inside. And there's a saying, hurting people hurt 
people. So should we cry for those who are hurting others? We cry when people don't keep God's instructions. It says, make your face shine upon your servant. Teach me your decrees. Streams of tears flow from my eyes, for your law is not obeyed. I think the psalmist is looking around and just seeing a whole world of people, and it's just they're not doing the right thing. Do you think that could be laid over our day? I mean, just flip on the news, watch your social news media post, whatever it is, you know, just look through all of that stuff that's online, and our world's a wreck. And do we actually cry, or do we just kind of get cranky? And we need to be angry about the things that anger God's heart, but I want to invite us to pray this prayer. Lord, break my heart with what breaks yours. Break my heart, Lord, with what breaks yours. And so the next time you watch the news or scroll down your phone and watch what's going on in our world, would you just pause and say, Lord, please help. We cry when people do not keep God's instructions. The Apostle Paul gives us an example of what this looks like. I invite you to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. It's in the New Testament. So you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the four Gospels. Then there's the book of Acts that describes the history of the, the church beginning. And in Acts chapter 20, the Apostle Paul's meeting with these leaders. They're elders at the church in Ephesus. And he's not actually able to go to the church. He's going to meet them somewhere. And so they come and have this farewell meeting. They're not sure if they're going to see Paul again. And this really is a preview for next week. We're going to commission our leaders, our elders and deacons for the next uh, year. And so this is a really good leadership text as well. But in Acts chapter 20, verse 19, he's going to talk to these elders. He says to them in verse 19, Acts chapter 20, I serve the Lord with great humility and with tears. And in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. Sounds like Paul was a crying preacher. And you go down to verse 31, same chapter. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. So are our hearts breaking with the things that break God's heart? Not only did he tell them that, he wrote it to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, he's writing them the second letter. In the first letter, he worked them over, the church. He worked them over and said, you know, there's some things that are going wrong, that are going wrong in this church, and you need to straighten it out. He said, there's things happening in the bedroom that shouldn't be happening. He said, there's things happening when you're meeting together for the church, and you know, people are getting drunk, and others are going away hungry. You're arguing about spiritual gifts. You're suing one another. You better straighten this stuff out. And he writes them again. He says, for I wrote you out of great distress, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 2, out of great distress and anguish of heart and with many tears, not to grieve you, but to let you know the depth of my love for you. One of the reasons that we cry streams of tears is just because we love people, because of God's love for us. 
Pray this prayer with me this week. Break my heart, Father, with what breaks yours. We continue back in our psalm, Psalm 119. Look at verse 133. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. It's one thing to cry about everybody else's sin. But what about our own? Do you cry when you don't keep God's instructions? You could say, I cry when I don't keep God's instruction. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Wednesday night we were meeting right over here. There was a handful of, of junior high kids and a couple of them are here today, which I'm so proud of you guys. And thanks, Uncle Stick, for bringing them here. So we were, we were just reading through this text and I said, let's hang out and we're, we're going to look at this Psalm 119. So there's just four or five junior high kids and uh, one of them said, hey, I want to ride to church. I've, I've been waiting for this, the church bus on Sunday mornings and it hasn't come. And I said, well, we'll fix that. And so he's here today. And so um, we just read through the psalm, these verses. And, and um, I said, you know, what are you going to do with this this week? And, and I anchored in on this one. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. If you were here last week, I said, how many of you put on shoes? How many of you are wearing shoes today? Even my wife's wearing shoes today. Okay. So can we use the, the time where we put our shoes on as a prayer, direct my footsteps, or last week it was keep my feet from every evil path. So I want you to invite you, our Psalm 119, this is the last Sunday, uh, we've got uh, still some verses up here. Before you leave today, would you come and take one of these verses home with you as a prayer, much like Blake did. Isn't that cool how that God worked that out? So just come and take one of these verses with you home this week. They're going to come down anyway, so they might as well help us out. That'd be great. But use this as a prayer moment and say, okay, I'm going to take this one. And these ideas of keeping God's word, 21 times in these 176 verses, we have the word keep. And the word to keep means to to be strong. Good job, you're still listening. Keep. To keep God's word means that we're going to protect it, we're going to stand guard over it, or it's something valuable that we don't want to lose. So are we keeping God's word in such a way that when we kind of let things slide that we are like distraught, some treasure has just been lost. So we cry when we don't keep God's instructions, and that's when we look at the mirror ourselves. Similar idea a little different wording, but similar idea. God and Cain, back in Genesis chapter 4, have a similar conversation. And God says to Cain, sin is crouching at your door and you must rule over it. And then later he says, after he kills his brother, and God says, where's your brother? He says, am I my brother's keeper? That is the same word. And so do we weep when we fail to keep God's word when's the last time you cried when you just messed up and it's a cry that you're like god i've let you down but it's also a cry to say god you still love me it's not a cry that just sends you away and in your own little pity party and you're just far away and god can't reach you but it's a cry to say but you can bring me back much like how the apostle paul was able to warn others with tears i think of peter 
And you can go to the last few verses of Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 26, the last few verses of the chapter. And Peter's in that courtyard and it's late at night, maybe even early morning. And Jesus is going under through some, some trials and, and some unjust proceedings. And there's a servant girl and comes up to Peter and says, hey, weren't you with this Jesus from Galilee? And Peter says, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And then there's another one that comes up. Another servant girl says, this fellow was with Jesus. And he says, no, I don't know the man. And a third one says, yeah, you kind of talk like you're from the north, from Galilee. And he starts cursing and swearing. He says, I don't know the man. And then there's a rooster. And you know what happens next? Matthew 26, verse 75. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Do we cry when we fail to keep God's instruction? The good news is, Peter's tears led him back to Jesus. And that godly sorrow brought him to repentance. And Jesus restored him after he rose from the grave. But I think we need to cry more. And we need to cry when we fail to keep God's instruction. Not because of, of a pity party, but just to say, God, we love you. And Lord, just bring us back. Through your grace. If we go back to Psalm 119, verse 132, turn to me and have mercy on me as you always do to those who love your name. Isn't that a great prayer? Turn to me, Father. Have mercy on me. Streams of mercy send my way as you always do to those who love your name. Not only do we cry when others don't keep God's word, we cry when we don't keep God's word, but I think Jesus cries when we don't keep his word. You ever think about Jesus crying for you? Turn to me and have mercy on me as you always do to those who love your name. Jesus is always there ready to extend his mercy and love to each and every one of us. There's a few times that we read in the scriptures where Jesus cries. Some of the most famous ones, that's everybody's famous memory verse, John eleven thirty five. 35. Jesus is at the tomb of his dear friend Lazarus and it just says, Jesus wept. Jesus cried. And maybe he was crying because his dear friend had died. Maybe he's crying because he sees the effects of sin that sin does ultimately lead to death. You read through the passage and there's some things going on in Jesus' spirit and physically, almost like he's snorting angrily cries of, of the effects of death. Jesus cries. And then just a few days later, after he comes into Jerusalem, it says that Jesus nears Jerusalem and he weeps over the city. Luke 19, 41. Jesus cries when we don't keep his instruction. And yet his mercy is still available. 
Do you remember The Passion of the Christ? Have you seen that movie? It's been a few years out now. It's like almost 20. And Jesus is hanging on the cross. And he looks awful. And he says those final words and breathes that sigh and dies. And if you watch the movie, the, the, however they did it, they zoom way up high, almost looking like you know, you're looking down from heaven on this cross. And, and the, the priests and the soldiers and the women all look like ants moving around the cross. And you just see like this is God's moment looking down. And then it's like this big little drop just comes right down out of the sky. Do you remember the, remember the scene? And it's just like, and, and this like teardrop from heaven, from God, comes all the way from heaven down to earth, right at the foot of the cross. And that one little teardrop, which this is just, he's using artistic liberty here. That was not, it's not in the Bible. Uh, but I think it probably captures the moment. The teardrop comes, hits the ground, big splash sets off the earthquakes and the thunders and all that stuff was in the Bible and could that be what it looks like when we fail to keep God's instructions that God really does cry but that his streams of mercy are still available You go back to Psalm 119 and we'll end where we start. Verses 129, 130, 131. Your statutes are wonderful, therefore I obey them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. There's a good news. There's someone who does keep God's instructions. His name is Jesus. I think I could hear Jesus saying these words, don't you? Your statutes are wonderful, therefore I obey them. The unfolding of your words gives light. In fact, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Gives understanding of this simple. Jesus, I think he would say, I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. Jesus is the only one who kept the commands and keeps the commands of Jesus of God and so that's where we find our hope because it's not just enough willpower we need someone's help with us Jesus is the one the writer of Hebrews gives us a picture of what it looked like for Jesus one more picture of him crying Hebrews chapter 5 verses 7 through 9 During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Put in there, keep God's word. Kept his word. Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect, once he completed his mission, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. You want to take that word obey into the Old Testament, it probably sounded like the word keep. All who keep him. So Jesus is the one who came to rescue us and we can find that hope 
So here's the, here's the sentence for today. Take this home with you. The streams of tears flow from the streams of mercy. Streams of tears flow from the streams of mercy. And so if you're going to have streams of tears for other people's sins, for your sins, it's going to flow from the streams of mercy from Jesus. And the depth that we have, that connection to the stream of mercy, is really going to probably show this connection of our depth of our streams for our tears. And I get it that not everybody is a crying person. Don't, that's fine. But you understand the point of having some sensitivity to the Spirit of God and to sin in this world. Our prayers should look different. We should pray, Father, break my heart with what breaks yours. Our picture of Jesus' mercy should look different because of our time in God's Word. And how we view the world and ourselves around us should look different because of God's Word. Psalm 119 is going to be drawing to a close for us this month, but I hope that you will anchor into Psalm 119 for the remainder of your year. Just keep it as a devotional piece. See it every so often just to keep you focused on the value of God's Word. Next week, we're going to start Luke's Gospel. We're going to journey with Jesus. We're going to look at some different ways the disciples spent time with Jesus. So I'm excited for you on that. But I just want you to know that if God's doing something in your heart and you want me to pray with you before you leave today, I'll be out in the foyer. Um, And I want you to know that God loves you so very much and that I hope that we can cry a little bit more and a little bit better uh, in the weeks ahead as we really let God's mercy touch our hearts and flow out those streams. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we just say thank you for how you're working in our lives. Lord, I thank you for the power of your word. I pray for your conviction through your Holy Spirit. We ask that you'd break our heart with what breaks yours. We thank you for the forgiveness that you give to us. We ask for your healing power, for your protection. Lord, I pray for your peace in this world, for for the bullies on the playground and for the turmoil in the world and for the wars and rumors of wars and the, the fear that is out there. I pray for your protection. I pray for your peace. Lord, I pray that you would Uh, bring justice for those who are being oppressed. I pray for uh, those who are serving in our military or in our police forces, that you'd protect them and that people would respect one another. I pray for the nations to live peaceably and respectfully. And Lord, help us do our part in this corner of our world this week to show your love and your truth and your mercy. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.